Support for this podcast comes from Feel More Like You, a new podcast from Walgreens. Cancer not only affects your health, it affects your identity, but feeling like yourself goes a long way to help heal. Feel More Like You brings you a first-of-its-kind look into a cancer journey with personal survivor stories to help you look and feel more like you. Listen to Feel More Like You Season 2 now at walgreens.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. In October, five musical superstars joined forces to fight against breast cancer, releasing the new song, Pink. The new single features Dolly Parton, Monica, Jordan Sparks, Sarah Evans, and Rita Wilson, who herself is a breast cancer survivor. This special collaboration benefits Susan G. Komen, and a portion of proceeds from the song will help fund much-needed breast cancer research and patient services provided by Komen. The moving lyrics and vocals to this song provide listeners with hope and a future where no one has to lose someone they love to breast cancer. The future when pink is just another color. Here on the show today is Victoria Shaw, co-writer and producer of the song Pink. Victoria, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to interview you. This is going to be fantastic. Let's start off. Tell us about yourself. Give us your background. Well, I am a songwriter producer by trade. I have written successful songs, mostly in country genre, but also in pop. I've had a Songs by Garth Brooks, song called The River, She's Every Woman, a country song called I Love the Way You Love Me, a pop song called Nobody Wants to Be Lonely with uh, Christina Aguilera and Ricky Martin. Real interesting, diverse career, and I've, I've had you know, a very blessed life to do that. And, you know, I'm, just, I'm very happy to be able to make my living. Well, I don't know what to making a living nowadays in, a, in the middle of a pandemic, but it's been nice to be able to pay my bills with the music business for the last 20 years. Yeah. And, and listen, for, for those of us that are, li- for those that are listening, just so you know, Victoria's sitting in front of a wall of just amazing plaques and records. And just, <laughs> I mean, it's just unbelievable what I can see. And that's only the part that I can see through the webcam. So <laughs> I'm profoundly impressed. So thank you for taking your time today and, and talking with us. So tell me what inspired you and other women to write this song? You know, as a songwriter, you get these ideas that pop into your head and, and sometimes they could be just something you see quickly or it could be a book you read, it could be a conversation you had, you know, and you write down. Most songwriters, when you get together for writing sessions, they have like scraps of paper or they have, for me, it's just a, a, a page in my computer that has random lines. And one of the lines I've been holding for the longest time was, someday pink will just be a color. And I think I had been watching TV and it was a commercial for Susan G. Komen. It was just really quick, but my mind as a songwriter, I guess, just kind of clicked into to, uh, uh, overdrive. And I thought, yeah, someday pink will just be a color. We don't have to do this anymore. And I thought, well, that's kind of an interesting line. And I wrote it down for my song ideas. And I had it for a while, actually, until uh, it was a day that I had a co-writing session with um, my friend Jody Marr, who's a very successful a veteran songwriter like myself, and a new emerging artist that I've been working with named Erin Kinsey. Uh, we had plans to write that day. Erin's manager is a, is a woman named Amy Fish, and Amy had just revealed that she had gone through breast cancer the year prior. Like, she didn't tell anybody. She did it really quietly. She, she I don't know, she just didn't want to disturb things, and she was working as a manager. But we were shocked that she had done this by herself. 
And I was so shocked that we started talking about it during the set, the writing session. And Erin Kinsey, that's her, you know who, who she manages, was also just in shock. And we started talking about it. And I said, you know, I've had this line for a song for quite a while about breast cancer. I feel like this is the day to write it. And we all just got together and it started to just flow out. You know, three women writing this song. Because I don't know anybody that hasn't been touched by breast cancer, whether it be personally or just through somebody they know or somebody they're related to. I, I, it's very rare that you meet somebody who goes, no, you know, I haven't. Put it this way. Everybody's been touched by cancer, period. Mm -hmm. You know That's somebody. Right. But breast cancer, I can think right now, like, you know, six, seven friends of mine who have gone through it. And I, I gratefully say they're all still here, you know? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's fantastic. And so, you know, as I mentioned in the intro, Susan G. Komen is a, is a beneficiary from, from some of the proceeds from this song. Can you talk a little bit about how you chose Susan G. Komen for that? Honestly, they were the... Uh, they were the idea for the song. They were the catalyst. And I, I've said to them, I said, you know, your marketing is really good because obviously that pink ribbon image, you know, stands out. It's what you equate with, you know, a, a wonderful, uh, generous breast cancer uh, foundation. And I just said it was because it was, it was that, you know, they are, they are synonymous with the pink ribbon. And that's what, what gave me the idea. So it was a no-brainer, obviously, to go to Susan G. Komen since they are the pink ribbon. And I just, I'll tell you honestly, and this is kind of funny, this was, uh, I don't know, maybe three months before this, you know, three months ago, not, not even, I was sitting around with Erin Kinsey and her manager, Amy, and I said, we've just got to do something special with this song. I just knew it in my heart that it was really special. So I said, okay, everybody take out your laptop. Let's find out who is the CEO of Susan G. Komen. And we found out that it was Paula Schneider. And okay, find her number, find her number, which wasn't as easy. We found her number and I left a message. And this is kind of funny. And I don't usually do stuff like this, but I knew that, you know, I only had so, so many seconds to talk onto a machine. And I said, hi, my name is Victoria Shaw, and I don't usually speak like this, but I am a very successful songwriter, so please Google me. <laughs> I said, go ahead and Google me, but I have co-written a song, which I think is going to, could bring a lot of uh, money and awareness to your charity, and I would very much like to share it with you. And they called me back almost immediately. It was really something. I sent them the song, and the next thing I know, I had a Zoom meeting with Paula, who I feel like is a long-lost sister. She's amazing. She's amazing. And and they saw the vision that I was bringing in, which was, I was thinking of a small but powerful group of women singing this song, a real event record. And they got behind it. And the next thing I know, this train is racing towards October because we were only like eight weeks out, nine weeks out. So it's been a whirlwind. Wow. And, and you mentioned there's some really big names, some big artists in this song. Tell, tell me, what's the process like to pull that kind of talent together, especially for Begging and pleading. No. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It wasn't a lot of begging and pleading. And that's what is really, that's why I thought, oh, wow, this is all happening. I mean, it was coming together almost too easy, which meant that magical things are going to happen. Um, it's not every day that you can get Dolly Parton on a song. Um, I, I know pretty much everybody in the country music business, but I didn't know Dolly. So um, through a contact of Paula's, I was able to get this song to the Dolly camp. And she was, I, I think I asked Rita first because, you know, she was obviously, you know, she's a great songwriter, singer, and a breast cancer survivor. And then went to Dolly, Dolly's people, 
And Dolly called, or Dolly's people, uh, called back immediately and said she loves the song. This was on a Monday, and she's going to record it on Thursday. <laughs> oh, wait a second, I haven't even, I haven't even recorded the full track yet. So we had to give her the demo track and let her sing to what they call the click track. Everything was perfect. We could just, you know, cut and paste and take her vocal out to it. But it was like she, she was moving faster than me. It was such a compliment and a, a fantastic thing. And apparently through the, you know, like I heard back from the camp is that she just fell in love with the song. Like she said, I have to sing this song, which is the ultimate compliment for songwriters. Right. Uh, after that came Monica, which uh, Amy, my friend Amy, who's one of the muse for the song, um, she had a connection in Atlanta who knew Monica. And I mean, my gosh, you know, she's legendary and fantastic and stunning. And she brings such uh, depth and understanding of what the power of music can do, you know? Uh, she has a wonderful foundation of her own. And she, one of the things that she, she does actually is try to make uh, women aware of uh, health issues. And, and especially in Atlanta, where I think it's the highest rate of death rate among black women is in Atlanta. So they were really up on all their facts. When I say they, I mean her and her manager who have been delightful and passionate and have come up with these great ideas to continue not just the launch of the song, but the life of it going forward. And um, so they were spectacular. After that, well, Jordan Sparks came into my head because I think she's one of the greatest singers that we have in, in this generation. I really do. She is spectacular and um, lovely. And I actually knew her manager, uh, publicist, and uh, called her and she got her immediately. So again, I think it's the power of the song. I think the song says a lot and it says it easily right from the start so people felt passionate. And uh, last but not least, I, well, Rita, obviously, Rita Wilson, who um, she's been coming to Nashville a lot and playing the Opry. She, she's just like one of the gang here and she's, and she's a survivor of breast cancer. So it was a no brainer and she's just brings her beautiful voice to the, to the party. And I just think as a symbol of a woman who's gone through it, not to mention it runs rampant in her family. So she's quite extensively familiar with it. And then Sarah Evans, the wonderful Sarah Evans, who's a country music superstar and she uh, is an author and uh, she's, she's fantastic and her voice is magical. So that was more of a, hey, can you do this? And you know, she came running. That's, that's the thing. The power of music, the power of good women. It, it's been a very special, magical project. Wow. That sounds just unbelievable. So talk a little bit about, I mean, what are your hopes for this song? What do you want it to do? I want it to cure cancer. I really do. <laughs> I mean, really, that's what I want it to do. I want it to cure cancer. And while it's curing it, I want Susan G. Komen to do their thing, which is to, uh, you know, awareness, awareness and early detection. I, you know, really hope and pray and plan on this song raising a lot of money. However, I think even more, honestly, is the where, raising the awareness because that's invaluable. You can't even put a, a, a cash you know, total to that because if we can save anybody just because it started a conversation, letting them think, yeah, you know, I haven't had a breast examination or, you know, we, mom, do you ever get one? And all this stuff. If we can raise awareness, like quadruple the awareness that is out there then lives will be saved before the medical breakthroughs lives will be saved. And that is my biggest wish. And, and everybody on this is their biggest wish. 
Yeah, it's got to be pretty amazing that that your writing can serve to inspire and and likely, very likely to save many lives. It wasn't calculated to write this. It was really from the heart. It was really because we love our friend Amy so much and, and it was inspiring. And my like I said, my cousin's gone through it. My friends have gone through it. And there was no calculation when we wrote it, like, oh, we're going to really, you know, because first of all, you don't know until the song is created what, what you have. And what's really kind of funny for me is uh, 20 years ago, 21 years ago, actually, I was asked to write a song for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Now, I had no idea what cystic fibrosis was. I'd heard of it, but I was not familiar with it. But um, I was on Warner Brothers as an artist at the time, and they wanted, and I was obviously a, a successful songwriter, and they, they, uh, people from Warner Brothers came and asked me. So I said, well, you know, please first teach me about it. And they took me to Vanderbilt Hospital, and I met the children at the time, because at the time, if you, li- if you lived to 20, you were, that was a, a lot. But um, I met all these, these uh, patients. I met with the doctors. I learned about the disease, and all, all of a sudden, it becomes it, personal once you make a connection. So I wrote this song called One Heart at a Time. And I, again, was a small but powerful group of singers I had in mind. And so who sang on that one was Garth Brooks, Neil McCoy, Faith Hill, Michael McDonald, Brian White, and um, Olivia Newton-John. And that was for what they call an orphan disease because I think it's only uh, 40,000 people in America who have it. And we raised millions. And it still you know, sells, but it really did really well. And, it, and I'm still very involved with the CF Foundation as well. And here, again, it wasn't calculated. This song came out from a natural, loving place. But once I had it, I was like, hmm, I know the power of music. And this is a universal disease that is not an orphan disease. So if we could do so well, hopefully, God willing, of course, that was back when people had actually had to buy downloads or buy CDs, actually. That streaming is a, you know. A whole new ball game, yeah. But um, if we can get it streamed enough, if people can go and, and download it and literally buy it, buy that 99 cent down, download and send it to the lo- their loved ones or go to the um, Susan G. Komen website and send an e-card, you know, with the artwork on it and, and maybe send, you know, the song to them about hope, somebody who's going through it, somebody who lost their loved ones. I just think the song is, is hopeful. And we need more hope because they, they know how bad it is. They need somebody to help show them, you know, brightness and light and hope and belief. Because I truly believe what the words of the song say, you know, someday, someday is coming any day now, you know? Hmm. I love that. And we do. We do need more hope. And I appreciate you bringing that to us. I, I do want one more time. I know I've said it already, but I want to credit Jody Marr and Aaron Kinsey, my co-writers. That song would not be created if we all three of us wasn't weren't in the room at that moment, at that day, at that time. You know. Well, from from us to you, uh, all of you, you know, thank you so much for that. So tell us the last thing: where can the song be downloaded? Where can it be purchased? Everywhere that music is digitally, you know, uh, legally streamed. Everywhere, everywhere. Just stream it, please, and add it to playlists. You know, when people have playlists on their Pandora, their Spotify, their Apple Music, add it because it actually means something. And, you know, if you want to really contribute, even if it's just 99 cents, go, go buy that download. Go buy it, you know. But either way, please play it and get that word out because this really can have that ripple effect. I truly believe it can um, where it just – it's going to spread like, instead of spreading like a disease, it's going to spread like love across the land. You know, let's just get it going. That's right. So wherever you get your music, make sure yes. to search for pink 
and listen to it, download it, purchase it, and share it with friends. Yes, yes. and get early uh, examinations every year. That's right. Victoria, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining me on the show. Extreme pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com. Pink is available digitally everywhere. To hear the full song, stream it on the platform of your choice, or watch the music video on Susan G. Komen's digital channels. About where pink is just another color.